See, that's your problem. You be believing anything somebody tells you or put in a book. See, I keep my mental mind extra secure. Nothing gets in. Hey listeners, welcome to our podcast channel. Today we're going to do a story time, the story of Ketra Freeman, in which three very different versions of a slave result revolt led by Huey and Riley's great, 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 great grandparents, who says the 1800s couldn't be fun. That was my YouTube story time impression, I, y'all. I was going to say you need like boom, 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 and like all those noises behind you. <laughs> yes. Hit the subscribe button. Tap there. Smash like, there. How y'all living? Fantastic. How are you? I'm chill. Um, oh. I'm excited for the listeners to know Tiara has the night off, sadly. But Demand of the Demand Does podcast is here with us today. How you doing, Demand? I am amazing. Hola, fam. Amen. I think that's how they say it in Memphis. <laughs> Can you guys hear me okay? Yeah. Okay, perfect. Have you just looking at me weird like you can't hear me? When we were doing pre-show, you were in and out for me, but I actually can hear you pretty clear now. Yeah, I remember the microphone kept sliding down. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it was. Okay. Yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. So, that's welcome, it is. welcome, welcome. So, tell us, Iman, why are you joining us this week? Why? What's up? Who told you to come? Just kidding. How are you? How's everything going? <laughs> like, man, I'm, I'm feeling the heat from the spotlight. <laughs> I feel like I'm on a, one of those bad 80s cop shows, man. Right. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't know. Just coming in hot. Coming in hot. No. How are you, friend? I am well. I am well. Um, do you want me to introduce myself? And that, Please that, do. You know, oh, you. I feel like you're part of the fam. You're the extended. You're the cousin that comes into town <laughs> during the summer. But yeah, remind right. everybody, please. Hey, uh, hello, everyone, and uh, uh, fancy neighbors. Uh, <laughs> my name is Demond uh, from Demond Does the Six Questions, where the same six questions can tell a unique story. And I've heard all the stories from uh, from my uh, partners in crime uh, that are that we're chatting with tonight. Um, it's an interview show. I've, I've been podcasting for about a year and a half now. Met some very interesting people, and it's been a lot of fun. And I am happy to do this again. This is such a pleasure. Thank you. Well, you're you're always so welcome to have you. And I believe we've all been guests in your, your universe. Um, and if you guys haven't checked it out, check out in the liner notes and, and all that good stuff. I'm sure my awesome producer has all that, you know, so you'll be able to find uh, you know, Mr. Mr. D, as I like to call him without that sounding too salacious, I guess. Um, <laughs> so cousin D, we'll say that, that that's a little better. Um, oh, goodness. so, um, how's the weather out there? Are you also experiencing this, this weather that the rest of the country or a good portion of the country is experiencing right now? This heat. It, 
Actually, it was really beautiful here today. I feel bad that that that's been hot everywhere else because it's been it's been beautiful here today. If it makes you feel any better, the kids are kids have been. Uh, I don't know if the the moon is too close or too far or the tides rolling in or somebody you know broke the wrong chicken bones or whatever. I don't know what happened. There's there are t- there are pockets of time where my kids become little demons and mm-hmm. it, insanity for like. 30, 45 minutes, and then they just love and huddle, cuddle on each other again, and it's just crazy. So, yeah, it's Mercury retrograde. Say again, Mercury, Mercury retrograde just ended, so that may have been it. And you do have an Aries, <laughs> so you know, it's a few things, it's a few things, you know, all, all the feelings, all <laughs> of the feelings, all of them, all the time. And those are just the tip of the iceberg that you're going to experience. Lucky you, Dad. Hit love the applause and light button. to you. <laughs> <laughs> love and light to you. No. So I know we we chatted a bit beforehand. And of course, everybody that listens is just running right over to, to the Patreon to check that out weekly. I know it. I know it. I don't even have to confirm it with the producer. I know it. And <laughs> if that makes you feel guilty, that means go do it. No. Um, so I definitely want to see how everybody's uh everybody weeks ever everybody's week has been but if there's any like news any anything you know it's been kind of quiet i think in our world as of late so we don't have as you know many um, hot buttons that we talk about each week well but, i didn't read the full story but um because we kind of had to get on this patty but you guys saw that like the republicans blocked the voting rights bill mm. <laughs> basically trying to stop like the filibuster and um all of these, like, le- le- I can't talk, these voting restriction laws that Republicans are trying to s- use to mm-hmm. suppress them. Yeah, so they all yeah. <laughs> voted against it. So that's kind of some fucked up shit. Definitely. Um, and I think we're just used to, I'm used to that by now, so that's probably why <laughs> that wasn't on the, you know, I talked about some pop culture shit before, and you're talking about, like, serious. Oh, um, yeah, that's it's nothing new. <laughs> no, but I think it's because, unfortunately, we experience that so often. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nothing so, new. Yeah. Yeah. It really sucks. It really sucks. How is it for you? Because, you you know, you're in a completely different state, different part of the country. How does, it, you know, things like that kind of affect, you know, affect you every day, cousin? Uh, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm like, who are you talking to, actually? <laughs> <laughs> I'm really confused now. We're, well, we're both in Cali. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> I am so confused. All the West Coast slang. <laughs> And all those things. I'm just a I'm just a fair country boy. Um, <laughs> Keep it simple. <laughs> that's how I code switch. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I'm like trilingual. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I can I can see it. Uh, it. You kind of have to be. You have to be uh yeah. flexible. <laughs> but yeah, so it's just like it's shit like that. You know, like you live in a Republican state, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Mike Pence oh. was governor here. Ooh. Shut up. I'm so sorry. I'm yeah. Sorry. It's it. Yeah. 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 I mean, does he do or say anything? Because I feel like he's he. You know how there was um step for wives. I feel like that's what he like. There's whatever version like for politicians. He's that. He's that. Like I don't. Does he ever show emotion other than when he tries to be cool or those couple times? But I feel like you can you know program him to emote that emotion. So. Is that just a normal thing? How we've seen him? We saw him for the past four or five years. Is that just kind of how he is every day? And if so, once again, I'm so sorry. 
He was a classic. He's a classic example of uh, somebody failing up. So I like that. So would that be um, mean on a sweatshirt or t-shirt? You're failing up. Would that be? <laughs> I would. I would wear it. <laughs> I would totally wear it. <laughs> totally wear it. You know, if it if it offends you, maybe because it's true. Oh, that would be on the back. That is fire. Nobody take that. Her I'm dog house. <laughs> Nobody take it right now. We have proof. It's on audio, guys. I said it. No. Um, yeah. It, he just seemed like such a lap dog uh, during, you know, his time in office. He just um, didn't said whatever. He just really didn't have an opinion. I mean, he was excited to be head of Space Force. Not a thing. But isn't the you know, he was Starship Troopers or something? <laughs> wasn't he? Wasn't he supposed to be like taken out during the insurrection? Though, isn't that like the fucked up kind of take on all that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They had news for him. They made him a special news. They made him a special. One. Wow. Um, they were chanting "Hang Mike Pence." I'm like, <laughs> but they weren't doing anything, guys. They were just there on a tour. Like that's what some of their defense is right now. We were just going on a tour with freaking zip ties. I've never been on tour of anything and just be like, let me grab my zip ties. They didn't walk outside of the roped sections, so it's okay. Yeah, right. That's what they're saying. Oh, we thought we could take shit. Oh, we couldn't. Oh, we, you know, we thought it was the best, you know, um, souvenir, souvenir spot ever. Like, I don't. Yeah. See, once again, I can't let people take my energy and they're making my stomach. <laughs> just thinking about it. But um, <laughs> I'm rumbling in my tummy. Yes. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's very special. It's but it's now I don't know to be I don't know what to be infuriated at more, just how sleepy Joe is, um, or the game that he's playing. Just like every other politician, look over here, look over here, look over here, while I screw you over here, or look over here, look over here, so you can't remind me that the shit that I said I was gonna do, I have been nowhere near it. I'm not even on that map to go that way. Um, so I don't know what's more infuriating that. Or is it more comforting that we live in a world where you don't have to be like, what did this president tweet today? You know, so I don't, you know, I'm kind of torn. So I think you can have both. I I think it is both. Uh, Nothing about his behavior is shocking to me, but y'all know I'm on this like, you know, uh, both one two party regime. That's how I always say it is. But um, and I told y'all, too, I really believe like Joe is just in there because he needed to get elected. Kamala was a little too chocolatey and exotic to run all by herself. So they had Joe do it. He's going to resign, I'm telling you, and they'll make Kamala the president. I think that's going to happen. But he's always been, as most Democrats are, like whatever side of the aisle you lean on, once you become president, you've typically become some sort of a moderate because that's just the only way you're going to get shit done. And that's um, your only job. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm just unfortunately. Go ahead. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm just I'm I'm, what you're saying is more because, you know, I don't know if anybody knows, but Aries are pretty psychic. I don't know if you guys know, but mark her words. I could see that because I said it when she backed out. I said they went to her and they were like, look, I imagine everything's like um, with Olivia Pope. I imagine everything political. That's how I see it in my mind. Mm -hmm. So I feel like Olivia got him in a room like she walked in in slow motion with her coat trailing (laughs) behind her. Um, yes oh just look right hair <laughs> bouncing though um this is her imagine everything is and she went into the office and she said look girl look look sis this is what we're gonna do kamala probably gave her a little pushback and olivia was like well then you don't have to be here and then everything was fixed and everybody knew from that point they were gonna go with joe and you know that that kamala was gonna be the, the mouthpiece um i don't like that she was the mouthpiece of the juneteenth um, celebration 
because the entire time I was like, girl, be quiet, girl. Like, don't. You're pulling the wool over so many people's eyes. And it's not fair that we're still doing this to black people in 2021. But all right, go ahead and clap it up. But I just felt like, I, and I know that's her job, but it, yeah, it, kind of, it bothers me. It bothers me just a tad. Because um, I feel like it's when it's convenient for her, then they go ahead and highlight her blackness. But other than that, she's multiracial. She's multicultural, you know? Um, well, so. I feel like this is something else we probably better watch because like, I mean, I think we even talked about this after um, her and Biden gave like their speech after they were elected. And I said it was so freaking sad. It, like, yes, it's beautiful, but it was so sad to me watching that because I was like, this is I had American Pie feelings. If you listen to that song. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I don't I saw this on Twitter now, y'all. Here we go. And this is very appropriate for today's <laughs> episode because maybe it's a conspiracy theory or whatever. But I was reading in some thread they were talking about the laws that they've passed in regards to white, I, white, quote unquote, domestic, let's say, terrorists. And they were saying mm -hmm. like all the strict laws about like who's a domestic terrorist now and they're cracking down on it. But if you actually read the bill, like that's the thread I was reading, they said like they are not only cracking down on like these kind of, you know, guys who are going and shooting up um, massage parlors and stuff. They're cracking down on anyone who's out here protesting, anyone mm -hmm. who's anti-capitalist. Mm -hmm. Like you can now end up on a domestic terrorist list, watch list. That's all what's it is. The, like, what's that law? Freedom? What is it? Patriot Act, um, where you're not supposed to speak ill of the, you know, of the the leader. Um, I feel like, and this happened right after 9-11, you know, I think Bush was really like kind of enacting it because everybody was saying how he was doing shit, you know, he was the cause and he was dumb. But that's the last time I can recall that they actually started, I don't want to say practicing that, but you saw different situations where they use that as, you know, as their crime. So I can see it very much again now. Um, it's just sad that it's in a time where that should be definitely a crime. Like, I'm mean, not even like you speaking ill, but anything that you do that is domestic terrorism, you should be like, lock them up just like you guys would any terrorism. But let's not, you know, but of course, I'm sorry, privilege helps a lot. I'm sorry. Privilege, you know, really pads you a lot sometimes. So it's, uh, it's kind of crazy, but you, you, you bring up something really interesting because I saw somebody actually podcasting about it when I was like flipping through podcasts on uh, YouTube the other day. They're actually mentioning that. But their opinion was kind of, never mind, I'm not going to say it. So, yeah. So, <laughs> I'm not going to say that. Their opinion was perfect. For them. Um, <laughs> it was perfect. But, yeah, no, it's, um, we have to stay more, we have to stay aware. What Trump did is, is going to be long lasting. Like the results of shit that he did and that he started and the fact that he's still around, he can't shut up. And he's talking about he's running again in, in 2024. Like we can't get you know, complacent and think like, okay, we're out of it. We have a different type of uh, president because you still have his, you know, his gremlins running around and they have even more access to be able to spread their, you know, their message. Um, and you see how they disrespected someplace that they so hold in high regards because they're the best patriots ever, but yet they were the first ones to go and completely ruin the place. And actually, I think take a lot of, a lot of honor out of what the building represents, maybe not what goes on in there, but what the building represents within our, you know, our country. But then again, I'm not a patriot, so maybe I'm seeing it wrong. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> so it's, uh, it's interesting, but it definitely ties in. We're always so good at how we do this. We can blab forever and then actually mm -hmm. ties into our episode. Um, definitely. Yeah. So we'll, I, we'll jump into it because, you know, it could be two hours and 45 minutes and then I go, oh, let's go <laughs> oh, oh, here. 
So, um, yeah, this uh, episode, I actually kind of like the name. If I were a celebrity, you know, other than the Freeman part, I may have named my son Catcher or maybe like a middle name. Kind of fire. Kind of fire. Um, yeah. But this episode, as, you know, Lindsay so expertly in her best YouTube uh, <laughs> YouTube influencer and YouTuber voice. Um, I feel like you had on a jean skirt and you had your Starbucks in your hand. You're like your cold <laughs> brew for like the fourth time of the day. Like I just saw, I, yeah, you just gave me so much with that. Um, but <laughs> so we start off the episode and I think this started off from like, you know, one second in fire. Like it was just, it was one of the funnier ones all the way through. And it was one of the ones that I, you know, I shook my head and got a lot out of, you know, from um, versus other ones that we've run over recently. But so as we start off, um, it's a movie trailer playing, which is what reminds me of all the, <coughs> excuse me, slavery movies and stuff that come out. They really try to make them action sequences, you know, and the slavery story is just the backdrop. It's just there. Um, so that's pretty much how this started off with the uh, a movie about Catcher Freeman who was a slave who rebelled. Um, the trailer fades. Well, I've always wanted to read a script that says that. Um, or like a screen <laughs> fades in. But it fades into granddad telling the boys about how Catcher Freeman was their great, 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 great granddad. Um, do, do we even have like really ancestry that can go back that far that we know of? I'm just, I'm not even trying to sound dumb, but really as, as black people today, can we really go back four times great oh, granddaddies? I don't know about that yet. Well, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think so. Yeah. Okay. That- people don't write into me. I'm not like when Portia on Real Housewives didn't know that the Underground Railroad wasn't a real Underground Railroad. So don't come after me. Uh, really? because I that. But, oh, uh, real quick, a friend of mine, her um, adoptive mother, well, I went to see Harriet as a show of solidarity. I don't uh, air quotes if you can not uh, mm-hmm. if you can see them. <laughs> I do and, the same thing. And she was explaining to her husband, she's like, yeah, we're going to watch a movie about Harriet Tubman. She's like, it's like Harriet Tubman. She's like, who's Harriet Tubman? She's like, you know, uh, Harriet Tubman, leader of the Freedom Train. Oh. <laughs> like, what is a soul, soul train? Yes, that's freedom train. Oh, my God. Dave Chappelle. Because that's somebody that I could see doing a skit on the Freedom Train. That is fine. I, I, I can't be more pleased than amused right now. What history? I'm sorry, you didn't have a history book that told you. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's right up there with Portia really asking where was the entrance to the Underground Railroad? Mm-hmm. How did they get on the train? <laughs> Seriously, if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, once again, oh, I, I know. Google. Greatest shit ever. I, I, Greatest shit ever. I, I, I'm sorry, I, I just had to jump because I just had this vision of of it being narrated by Don Cornelius. <laughs> <laughs> let's see what batch of slaves makes it out this week and we, and we have guests blah 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 whoever was a musician back then and we're gonna do the, the board so, oh my God. so many bad things are going through my head but it's hilarious <laughs> um, Aaron get on it Aaron McGurk, see we got an episode we got an episode right there that's a good one. Oh, that is so good I'm so happy you shared that um so as I was saying, their, their great, great, great granddaddy, I'm sorry, great, 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 great G4 granddaddy, and uh, Riley doesn't believe it, and Riley does it in his best Riley, I don't believe you. So 
Yeah. And then he hurts grandpa's feelings, granddad's feelings. That nigga lying. How would you know? Granddad always making up some shit about history. How come everyone we related to is somebody famous? The first nigga to go to the moon or the first nigga to pole vault. Man, he made up Catcher Freeman. Shoot, he probably made up this whole slavery thing. What nigga you know gonna work all day in a hot field for no paper? See? The way that he says slavery is the best <laughs> ever. First of all, he makes it hella syllables. Slavery, it is. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the greatest ever. And when, there's a lot of people that work every day for little to no paper, unfortunately. This is called America and being mm-hmm. black. But from the mind of Riley, um, this, I mean, easily I had to stop and go to the bathroom because I'm older and I was laughing. So this closer to the episode, I was dying already. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's like I said, it starts off with Riley's disbelief. And you guys you know, just heard his uh, theory and his uh, outlook onto it. I mean, it's kind of true as black people. We always are related to somebody all the way down the line. Like somebody, your great aunt, your great grandma tells you somebody. And it's like, okay, all right. All the family reunions we have, and I've never seen this person. Not a letter, not a video, not, not anything. Um, did you guys ever get that kind of kind of growing oh, up? Oh, yes, definitely. Yeah. Um, some of them I believe. Some of them, I'm like, what? My family's huge, as we've talked about on this podcast. But Ancestry DNA told me that uh, Franklin Pierce is my third cousin, seven times removed. I'm like, of all the presidents... Right? I have, to have the shittiest, most <laughs> racist piece of shit <laughs> as a cousin. But, They're like, and right. the kidney and here. You know, that's funny. No, um, I do have Steve McNair, who is a football player. Mm-hmm. Um, he is like, I've I've talked to him. Um, Jackson, Mississippi, that 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 family there. And then my maiden name is Wiggum, and I guess there was some NFL player that played back in the day that is somehow related to me. Um. And then there was somebody, it was, she was like a, like a, I don't want to, like a funk. She was part of like a funk group in the seventies that had like maybe two hits. Um, but nobody ever quite told me her name. So, you know, we'll take that with a grain of salt. But um, it's funny because we're probably all more related than what we know. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, and what president was it that found Dave, like all his, you know, family found each other and there's like 1,000 of them? Was it Jefferson? That sounds oh. right. <laughs> Yeah, I have no clue. But all those motherfuckers are related. That I do know. Except for like Van Buren. All presidents are related. They're all cousins. Pretty much. Because they all freaking came over from like they all came over here. Let's not forget that. So you guys all came over in just batches, you know, and they took over shit that wasn't yours. (laughs) Exactly. And like Huey, Google that shit, y'all. I'm not bullshitting you. They're all cousins. All of them. Trump, Obama related cousins. Google it. That's right. Yeah. That's why I I there's always a connection. I mean, there's a connection between so many of the presidents. If you really do mm-hmm. like there's a, wasn't there a connection between um, the one with the beard and the tall hat Lincoln. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> the one with the beard. Hold on. <laughs> like that helps and so much. I, just it down. <laughs> I have my eyes closed. Like you guys could see what I was talking about. I know but, who you were talking about. <laughs> yeah. See, she got me. That's not. <laughs> Well, it's because you're a man and men don't listen all the way through. So if you would have heard me say the top hat, you would have been like, got you. That nigga Lincoln. Like you would have got it. I was just trying to get my joke in before you actually explained it to me. (laughs) See, we need to go back and forth. We have a good like little improv thing going on. Um, 
No, but he was supposed to be related to like a Kennedy or Nixon, something like that. Maybe I heard that. Maybe I'm making it up, but no, it's yeah. probably true because they're all <laughs> related. I swear. Like Google it. Go on Wikipedia. It's probably true. Auntie Google. I'm surprised I, my I, phone has come uh, yeah, on. All presidents, with the exception of Martin Van Buren, are related. Boom. That is great. What? Like, that's like insexual. 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 Yes. Like, that shouldn't be allowed. That's like nepotism in the political. That's like, come on. If, oh my gosh, come on. If everybody were part of the same family who, well, I was going to say runs Hollywood, but they do. So <laughs> let's. <laughs> Let's think of something else. Um, let's just say ran all the farms in the country. Like that'd be a problem. You know what I'm saying? Or like like Monopoly, you can't just run the whole damn board. You're not supposed to. So it's like you, how are you just running the full political system for 200 and something years now? And they did so, it, man. Yeah. It. So this is probably the reason why I'm for the second time probably not passing this class that I'm supposed to be taking because it's about US government. And I'm like, you don't want me to answer the question the way that I want to, that I want to really answer it. So I might as well just not do the work. I know that's the shit. I know that's so bad. Um, shit is summertime. I'm in like, I should be like high schoolers and shit, regular, have school. But anywho, jumping back into what's important here. So um, as we are, the, the story's kind of starting to develop as far as, you know, Riley thinking that granddad lied um, and is lying about everything. Um, but then granddad comes back and he claims that it's actually real and that catcher was one of their like i said one of their uh, relatives but they wanted proof so there starts the kind of little flashbacks um of what his story is and we all know the way that granddad tells stories we remember the whole i was at the riots and stuff like that so we know that stuff comes out in the wash actually being the truth um so let me find where i am because i am medicated before so let me get back to where i am so yes so <laughs> he begins to tell the story from the beginning so he, you know, just pan in or fade to the scene. So just close your eyes and just picture with me. Um, there's slaves working on the plantation and the plantation owner is George Lynchwater. Lynchwater. Um, I, I love that how you put it, a.k.a. Massa. Uh, <laughs> so he tells um, he tells about how the house slave Tobias and I feel like in every slavery movie isn't the house slave named Tobias. Why? Is that always the name of the house slave or the rebel? It's so it's one or the other. He's very rebellious or he's a house slave. Um, once again, like I'm sure we were a little more complex than that, even in slavery, guys. But I digress. So um, the house slave Tobias came to try and get the rest of the field slaves to stop singing because Massa is a coming. <laughs> um, but they tell Lynchwater that Tobias told them to sing. Percy, <laughs> people, please stop naming your child Percy. This is when that name was out. Like I have, come on, stop. Let's stop with, with the Percy's. Um, Percy, a field slave, tells Lynchwater that if he keeps beating Tobias, it'll just make them work harder. Um, and then this part to me was hilarious because he basically just kind of proved how dumb, like how much they actually had mind control. Like you know how how Smokey would be like, I got mind control over him. You know, he tells me to sit, I be sitting. But kind of the same thing. Like okay, I'm making you work harder than what you necessarily need to do, but yet you still want to do it. Um, I rewinded that like that scene probably three or four times because I was like, that is genius. That says so much about where we are today. Um, we're smarter than what, you know, than we than think we are, but we do make them work a little harder at 
or they work a little harder at trying to hurt us. And we kind of like set ourselves up for it, uh, which is the message I kind of took away from that scene. But yes. So, um, so of course, like an asshole, you know, like a massa, he keeps beating Tobias um, and then leaves him to work in the field with the rest of the slaves after they tried to like, you know, basically say, you can't, we're, we're going to do what we're going to do. You're going to beat us anyway. Um, and Tobias kind of failed at his mission, I guess is the point of that. He was told to go out there and in a way warn them um, that, you know, they needed to be good little, good little Negroes. Um, so, yeah. So anything anybody wants to add before I keep going there? Again? It Do was, so much this, but yeah, go ahead. <laughs> um, I was, I was, uh, I was watching it again uh, earlier today and that conversation that they have after the Colonel leaves could have been any kind of any kind, almost any, any kind mm-hmm. of uh, modern that could have been a modern setting with mm-hmm. the conversation they were having, mm-hmm. and that part really stuck out to me that how how, how timeless that conversation is about you know you got one guy well if you just stop blaming on the white man and of course oh would you just be on the white on masses nuts you know and yeah. that's a conversation that is happening in all over the country you know what I mean it's just, it, they're happening now I just yeah, that, I just found that interesting. All the time. And that's something that's super, you know, divisive within our community. Um, and I, I unfortunately, you know, you see it a lot on Twitter. There's so many there's so many of us that have their noses up in the air on Twitter, you know, and they're so much better than other, you know, other black people. And it's like, mm, that's because you're behind a keyboard. Really show me that what you're doing that makes you so much better or you're trying to make our community better. But it's kind of it's, you know, kind of the same thing. Mind your place. There's already there's always one in a workplace especially if it's an office situation that is telling you like, just be good, stay in place, come in, you know, play the game. And sometimes you do, but I don't need to be fucking told that. I don't need to be told that by you. You know what I'm saying? Like you continue playing your little pretty much house slave game. You do you get your nose even deeper up there, but I'm going to do what I feel is necessary. But I know we've talked about that before, Lindsay, you know, how that definitely comes through and it doesn't always come through from another black person, but yeah, it's, People feel unnerved. They feel it's okay for them to tell you how to play a game or, you know, what position you're supposed to play. Yeah, absolutely. Um, That's why I picked this clip that Dean's about to roll because I called it in my notes. I just wrote crabs in a barrel niggas because (laughs) (laughs) you're good. Go ahead, Dean. You can roll it and then we'll talk about it. Oh, I'm going to escape. All right. I'm going to escape with this. Okay. With my mind. I've got this. It's a play, but for the screen. What screen, nigga? We in the 1800s. I thought of a new way to display moving pictures on a screen. Of course, it's all abstract since I don't have any actual film or cameras or anything, but I'm going to show Master Curry to my screenplay, and when he reads it, he's going to know this could be a huge production. Nigga, you trying to get off the plantation by selling the script? <laughs> nigga, you ain't even supposed to know how to read. How you going to sell a script, asshole? Plus, it's a writer's strike, nigga. I love that. I love that. Like, let me throw the shit that's really going on in there. But once again, as you know, as Damon just said, that whole conversation could definitely take place then and take place now. But that that was so perfect. Like, I loved how they just threw it. We're supposed to read. What are you talking about? Like, what? 
a screen. Like I just, <laughs> that was all super funny to me. But yeah, um, what were you saying? Because I know you picked that one. I was, I was, we always kind of picked the same ones and something told me you were going to pick that one. So oh, hell I yeah. didn't. Yeah. I, I mean, I feel like even though we know Tobias is like the sellout in this whole situation or that he's going about it a more appeasing way. I, to me, the funny thing about this conversation is that I have been in this conversation many a times in my career with mentors, with haters, with everyone who's always trying to tell me what I can and cannot do. And I'll be like, oh yeah, I'm going to do this thing and I'm going to start my own business and blah, 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 blah. And they just want to say like, oh, you can't do that. That shit's crazy. What are you even talking about? That doesn't work. Y'all stay in your fucking lanes. Okay. If you want to be an Uncle Tom, go ahead. You do your Uncle Tom shit. I might judge you. I might talk some shit, but I'll talk it to your face. If you want to write a screenplay and get yourself out of fucking corporate and everyone's telling you, oh, you can't do, do that. It. You'll never be successful. Right. Fuck them hoes, y'all. Write that screenplay. Right. Be successful. Yes. That's yes. why I picked this one. Crabs and Everybody a barrel. Everybody has a different purpose. And, you know, people that haven't realized their purpose yet, of course, mm-hmm. they're haters. You know, we're yes. that set term. You know, it's old. We were using that shit back in high school, but it's still so relevant. Um, you always have haters. And I always hear Cat Williams say, if you don't haven't come up on your haters in a few years, then what are you doing in life? So that's kind of like my motivation. Like if I don't have seven more haters, even if I don't know (laughs) that they exist, then last year, then I'm not doing what you know, I'm not doing what the universe, you know, put me here for and what I'm supposed to be doing. But um, I love to see, and it's what's really funny about how this message now or this conversation now you are seeing people actually being more creative and taking care of their and taking control of their own destiny and, you know, going to be entrepreneurs or going to be creators. I mean, once again, look how podcast is blown up, you know, because now you can have a, you can have a platform for people to be creative, even if they didn't realize that it was in them or that it was a passion of theirs. Um, You know, YouTube, um, I know Dean and I were talking yesterday about content creators who do, um, movie like movie tra- movie trailers or like you know th- their idea for a movie very much like the young man who came up with the new idea for um oh my god you know what I'm talking oh my god you guys know what I'm talking about but I haven't even said anything but I feel like you guys should know what I'm talking about fresh prince there we go so <laughs> did you guys see a couple years ago where he came up uh, a gentleman came up with like a 9 minute you know mini um movie um and I'm not using the right word of what he actually named it but it was how the reboot, if you want to call it, of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air is actually going to be. So it's more of a drama and it's set in current times. Um, that's great. Like to be able to have a platform that you can pursue your passion in spite of people that probably tell you, go and get that job at FedEx. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you have $75,000 in school debt. Shit. You're going to have debt whether you're here or not. Have it. But do what you're supposed to do. You know what I'm saying? What you're passionate about. So mm-hmm. yeah, but very much to that point, you will always have people. I mean, anybody that's brave enough to put shit on YouTube, you're ready for some haters. You know, very, very oh, ready. Yeah. Um, and I say that when I cried when I got my first negative, you know, email here. But I'm saying now, and tougher skin today than I had that day. Yeah. But anywho, so <laughs> um, kind of moving on here as uh, as we were talking after that awesome, awesome, awesome clip, which I love. Um, Granddad then tells the story, kind of brings the ingenue or the love story, the woman, you know, into the whole mix. And she tells the story of Thelma and how Tobias was madly in love with her. Um, and she was uninterested, as is such, you know, in, in these films. Um, she then meets Catcher for the first time. And, you know, he's like me, Idris Elba. 
So she was ready. She was ready. Um, so, <laughs> so she meets him for the first time as she was attempting to run away. Right about it. Right about the time as she was about to get captured. Um, Catcher jumps out of a tree and kills all of the slaves, uh, all of the enslavers. I'm sorry. Um, you know, that were chasing her because, you know, there's always dogs and people chasing her. I, it, it, that's another thing that bothers me about movies and TVs and TV shows. You could leave seven, eight days before, but all of a sudden they realize the slave was gone. And then all of a sudden they're right on their ass. They're right there. <laughs> like right there. Um, so things that I would totally edit out of a movie just to be amazing. There'd probably be not, you know, movie probably be like a good 30 minutes if I got a hold of it and stuff. Um, but yeah, so right about as she was about to get captured, he comes and he saves her just like, you know, in the movies. Um, and of course, like I said, she was ready immediately. She was ready to go. She was like hot girl summer. Let's get it. Um, and of course, so was he, you know, <laughs> he was ready to go as well. Um, and then the next, the next kind of scene that we go into Thelma then goes back to uh, the slave quarters to tell the other slaves of her escape plan. Um, of course, the scary, you know, Tobias, the house slave, always scared, um, did, you know, had, had an issue with it and was afraid and. You could kind of see it, you know, all over his face. And I think he may have even expressed a little bit of his concern, but you don't listen to, you know, you don't listen to, I'm, I'm going to say a little bitch, but you don't listen to somebody that's scary. <laughs> I'll just say that. Um, Thelma then goes to visit the catcher um, the night before, and he gives her a revolver to protect herself. Um, I said the catcher, catcher, not the catcher. Um, and uh, they kiss, of course, because there always has to be a very private moment where something happens that's, you know, the, the apex of the movie. And uh, so Tobias sees them and becomes jelly, jelly, just like somebody who's scary. Um, Riley knows all about that, of course, you know, because Riley knows everything at eight. Um, and he explains what happens after that. Um, Catcher goes to make his move, but it's a trap. Um, but Catcher kills all the slaves. Um, but then Lynchwater grabs Thelma. Thelma bites Lynchwater um, and Lynchwater shoots at Catcher. Catcher stops the bullet just like in Last Dragon. And in between, um, it was more, it, it wasn't in between his teeth, but that would have been fire. If more that like was Wonder Woman, actually. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he did the, you know, because I love me some Wonder Woman. Um, but it would have been a very good nod to black culture if he would have had him catch it in his teeth. Mm -hmm. um, and then said, show enough after. That would have been great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> or something like that. They could have played. You got the what was the song they played? You are the last dragon. They would have played that. Like never mind. My mind's going somewhere else, guys. Um, I'm amusing myself. I'm amusing myself over here. So he stops the bullets like Wonder Woman with the shackles. So why did he have his shackles on the entire time if he was like such a badass slave that I you know went out and saved everybody? Like would he wouldn't he not have shackles on? He wore his like bracelets. They actually like explain it in the uh, episode. He actually says he ha he keeps them to remind him of it was some yeah it, it's some purple prose nonsense, but basically you know it, it, it was it's a reminder of 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 less of uh, worse days. Oh. So they, they actually they actually put it in there. Huh? You know, I would think that maybe the the scars and the lashes that you took would probably be a good reminder. But hey, you know, you know <laughs> but hey, do you, once again, do you? It is a um, but <laughs> yeah, that also just kind of added to how much of a badass I guess he was that he was able to do things. Oh, mind blown. He was able to do things even with the adversity of being shackled. Man, I get it. it just, <laughs> I, forgive me for my little cattiness, Mr. Writers and 
Ms. Riders and Aaron Magruder. Excuse me. Um, mind blown. That's great when you realize things like that. So, um, but I was that where he goes to shoot catcher. But Feldma shoots him before he can get a round off. Um, like badass, like Trinity, and freaking you shared that news with me yesterday and I have not stopped thinking about it Dean thank you for letting me know that there is another matrix coming out but she <laughs> like badass you know any just once again ingenue action you know screen or film actress that is a badass and just shooting and killing everybody like Uma Thurman she kind of just all of a sudden took the gun did what she had to do um and Thelma and Catcher live happily ever after wrapped it all up in a nice little bow um which would then explain how they were related to him because everything happened so perfectly and they lived a happy little life. And I think even at the end of grandpa's story, he said they went to Canada. I think like every, yeah. So they went to Canada. Um, so of course, Riley, who sees the truth and everything. Um, but to him, it was just a little too nice. It was a little too tame. So he hated the story and says that it's a cliche. Um, so then here comes Uncle <laughs> Ruckus. I feel like there should be a dun 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 or some really ominous music whenever. He's, he comes in. Real, um, real, real, yeah, there is. It's the, it's the Job of the Hut theme song. Get is out. it? Yeah, it is. is that really? It is. It, that's exactly what. If you, if, <laughs> that's and that, and that that's a theme throughout the entire series that they use the Job of the Hut theme song whenever whenever Ruckus comes in. Well, that's I'm never Dean. That's how disgusting. <laughs> ah, oh my gosh. That was really <laughs> that's uh, that was perfect, like perfect timing right in there. Um, no, that see, I'm not a big well, I'm not gonna say big. Like I said, Mandalorian changed my life, but other than that, I'd probably like throw all the characters together between that and Star Trek and like Starship Troopers and like other space stuff. Um, I'm kidding, I'm not that bad, but I wouldn't have I would have never known that just by listening. But now I'm gonna have to listen to that. Did you know that, babe? No, you weren't listening. Sorry. So the music, as I was saying, he should have some very ominous music. Oh, I heard that Jabba Yes. He said he wasn't listening, but he was. Look at that. So. <laughs> I was listening to you. I heard Dean Jabba Oh, you listen to Dean. Don't listen to me. Cool. That's I not what you. I said. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> Please make sure either that's cut or everyone knows that's not what I said at all. I turned it up to re repeat what I said something. <laughs> so um, everybody knows, you know, mess with Hubby Three. It's, it's fun. So um, Uncle Ruckus walks in because he has a story, because he has the truth, of course, as he does about everything, of course, especially when it comes to black people, you know, the, the dogs and the heathens and everything else that all the cute little nicknames that he has for, uh, for black people. He comes in and he tells his story um, about how Catcher Freeman was the greatest black man who ever lived. Um, and the reason why is because he tells a story that actually made Catcher Freeman catch a free man. It took me a second to get that. I was like, wait, that's the same thing. But no, catch a free man um, because he'd been trained by his white slave, um, his white slave owners to catch runaway slaves. So he was like a wizard. He could smell them. He knew where they were at, you know, um, talk to dogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And and he had to like salivate like a rabid dog when he did it. Um, it's just also right. just Riley was no help while he's telling that story yeah. too, because he's like, "Hey, yo, we're we that back," and he has a few <laughs> trees and stuff. Like, what are you doing? That was wow. That was dope. Like he was loving it. He yeah, he really was. Um, but that was Riley shit. Like, cause I think really deep down, Riley knew that Uncle Ruckus was always full of shit, and to him, he was probably like a you know a, the worst kind of cartoon character, but like a grown 
you know, um, garbage pail kid. Like if there was a garbage pail kid, there barely would know of. Like that had to be what Uncle Ruckus was to him. Like he knew he just talked a lot of shit. He knew that he got under people's skin, and I think he enjoyed that. So he just always kind of, I think he kind of egged him on, you know, um, to hear the the garbage even more. Um, which lets you also know once again how smart Riley actually is. Um, but I think by the thing that he says, we know that how smart and witty he is at least because cracks me up. Um, so yeah, so Ruckus tells them that they have to understand what it was like during slavery. So he explains that the slaves were taking advantage of the white man, of course. So then they pan into something that just tickled the hell out of me. They were dressed so nice. They were dressed like they were getting ready to go on like the Titanic, like they were getting ready to sail overseas. Um, and they weren't the poor ones. They were the very good, you know, they were like, they owned shoe stores or some shit like that. Like they were all just dressed very nice, having picnics. Because, of course, that's what they did every day. You know, they Water just pool. sat upon the cotton and just, you know, and what they were eating was awesome, too. Like, I was like, that, Jeez. that the food did not look like that. Like, I was like, <laughs> she's making drinks. She's using a, a melon baller and taking the watermelon out. No, of course, it was still very Uncle Ruckus. So everything that they were eating was very, you know, as he would say, nigga, sure. Or, you know what he would say. Um, so fried chicken and shit like that. But they're basically not doing their jobs. Yeah, which is great. Because we know it's a fabrication. Um, huge. But um, so I was wondering when watching this, I wondered if even though the slave owners weren't that dumb, most of them were. I wonder if they really thought, like, this is what they're doing if we're not out there watching them. They're just having a good old time singing songs and, and dancing. And yeah. So, yeah, I feel like that's probably what a lot of people's opinion are of black people today. Like, we have it so much better than what we do. Um, and they choose to be that delusional. But anywho, like I would say, doing arts and crafts and everything except work um, and that they would make fun of, you know, of the of Massa, um, making him cry and run off, which is hilarious. Um, we have a clip. Right? Hey, Massa, yep. why don't you do me a favor and Massa these nuts in your mouth, nigga? <laughs> Perfect timing there. Because I was like, I know I have one that's right in there. But yeah, so Massa walks up and is like, what's going on, guys? Hey. You know, like they worked on a call center. What's going on? Production's not very good. What's, I, I don't want to bother you or anything, um, but what, what's going on? Um, which was probably the funniest of this episode, I think. Like, can you actually imagine? Um, so Tobias steps in because the slaves are roasting him, basically, like it's Def Comedy Jam, um, being very disrespectful as, you know, Uncle Ruckus is telling the story. So, of course, Tobias steps in because he's Captain Sava Massa. And... Um, you know, he's, he starts defending this, you know, defending him to the slaves. Um, but Thelma, she decides that she's going to send the slaves to kill them both because she's tired of the bullshit, you know, and she's bad. So Katcha leaves with Thelma to get married um, and live a miserable life in Boston. And this is all how he wrapped it up. Um, oh, wait. So let me go back real quick. I think I read ahead a little bit. Let me go back. Let me go back. Let me go back. So they kind of devise a plan that they're going to go and kill Massa. So they go to do that. Um, and they use Thelma by having her run away. So that's, you know, let me, let me reel you in that way. Um, and Katcha will find her. That's kind of, that was the whole plan. So she then uses her, her bad, I mean, her feminine wilds, her, that, you know, that very animalistic nature, you know, that women have, especially black women. And she just seduced Katcha and he just was seduced because of course he was a very good, he was a good slave because he was there to catch the bad ones. So they were. The scene was very good thing that this is not on on just anything that your kids can turn it to now. Cause that scene, I was like, oh, whoa, okay. I, I know what's going on there. Um, and so while he's passed out, 
just like, you know, all black women do. She went ahead and she tied him up because that was her plan. And she laughs this, you know, maniacal freaking laugh like we gotcha, you know, and I'm about to just run everything. Um, so meanwhile, the slaves attack and uh, they kill Lynchwater's men because they were like rabid animals. Hello. You got a little, you got a little something right there. She's so messing with you. Uh, so, mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, they are like, you know, rabid animals. I love how they all of a sudden had teeth like wolves and they were just like mm-hmm. biting through flesh and, you know, um, running on all fours. Yeah. Running on all fours and they're able to dodge all the bullets and everything that are coming because of course we know then all of the slave enslavers, they had the weapons, which was part of the reason why they were able to go ahead and enslave us. Um, we had to make shit like we were in the, in the pokey. But um, so back to what I was just saying, because I went and jumped ahead. So anywho, um, Tobias then slept, steps in in between the slaves and Lynchwater. Um, Thelma sends the slaves to kill them both. Catch the leaves, like I said. And as I'm going to wrap it all up, just like Uncle Ruckus did, they went to live a miserable life in Boston. It's the worst Im- uh, imitation ever. But that was my best. Um, a miserable life in Boston. And of course, granddad is hella mad at Ruckus for slandering Thelma and Catcher. Because basically saying like, you're slandering my family. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, do we, I think we, was one of mine after that too? Or we have another one later? Okay. Um, so then Huey's like, all right, I'm going to stop this. Because they were yelling, yelling at each other. Granddad was actually cussing him the hell out. That was actually hilarious. And um, so then... The, you know, the more reasonable one in the room, he steps in and basically uses, uh, you know, Auntie Google to let them know exactly what the true story is. Um, and so he looked up the actual story. Catcher's real name was Catcher Tobias Lynchwa- Lynchwater. Um, he was a house slave and uh, the, co- and co- the colonel, um, he was, uh, colonel was his dad, just like we were talking about. You know, that's what they did back then. Dipped it in and then and ran about it. Didn't act like they knew anything about it. Um, and so the screenplay story was true. Uh, he actually, you know, wrote a, sc- a screenplay. Um, Catcher was in love with Thelma, but it was unrequited. She was not giving him the time of day at all. Um, I feel like she gave him the hand before the hand was a thing. Like she was probably mm-hmm. like, nigga, please, you know, yeah. So, so what you got um, on this freedom? Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> not even put a ring on it. She was like, what you got on it? Let me know. So. They uh, they had that, you know, kind of breaking it down to what it, you know, probably what it was a lot of the time back then. And I would say in that situation. Um, so she only wanted freedom, like like, you know, like Damon just said. Um, and she devised a plan to rebel against Lynchwater. Catcher wants to show Lynchwater um, his script first. Thelma tells him that he's got one week um, and she basically punked him. She was like, you got one week, dude. Like, don't play with me. Um, and Catcher shows him the script. And the whole conversation after this is also fire. So, yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, my. You know, I should hang you for being able to read and write, but this is one heck of a, of a what, uh, what'd you call it? A script? Yes, sir, Master Colonel. You got it. It's a script. First one ever made. Right here. Well, if you're selling, I'm buying. Oh, you are going to be a very rich man. Son. Untrue. <laughs> Falsehoods and untrue. Wait, Dad. There's something I should tell you about Thelma. Having sold his script, Catcher promptly betrayed Thelma's rebellion. Oh, man. He sold the crew out for a script? Yo, that's a bitch-ass nigga. Oh, <laughs> Once again, a little nugget for Riley. He sums it all up. So, uh, yeah, he true story. You know, he was, he was going to go ahead and sell out. 
But what ended up happening is that Thelma being so smart, she actually started the rebellion right then. So she wasn't waiting a week. Um, she basically used him as part of her plan. So when they went to kind of walk outside the door, um, they noticed that the slaves were there and they were planning an uprising. Um, actually, the uprising was happening. The rebellion was right in the midst of everything. And so the slaves started taking out the uh, slavers and Thelma gets into a sword fight with Lynchwater. Um, Catcher tries to shoot Thelma, but ends up killing Lynchwater instead. Um, so he pretends that he did it on purpose. Thelma then falls in love with him and they live happily ever after. Both Ruckus and Robert, of course, granddad, don't like the true story because it, you know, they were both wrong. Um, and that's I'm wondering how I mean, not ex how many times in history this exact story happened, but maybe how many times there was a, you know, somebody more, you know, a woman that was a little more brave. And she was like, look, I'm getting out of here. And maybe somebody that wasn't exactly a catcher um, and he wasn't a Tobias either but that he took advantage of a situation to kind of play like he was like saving, you know, saving her and like helping her kind of get the freedom. Um, that's just my, sorry, my woman's, my woman's studies mind jumping out there. But um, I mean, this story was kind of, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't this kind of storyline in the movie queen or that it happened to queen where she, one of the guys that she like dated kind of pretended that he was helping her to like live a better life, but he was like snitching on her and doing something. And you guys recall? I, nope. I can tell you that the, that the character of Catcher Freeman was based, I mean, the whole story was ba slightly based off the, uh, the Nat Turner rebellion, um, oh, okay. in 1831. Okay. okay. I see. I see. Um, but yeah, I don't, you know, anybody from the peanut gallery out there, anybody? No nope. idea what you're talking about. <laughs> You've never I... seen Queen or read the book. No. Oh my, how dare you. Kuta Kente's granddaughter. So ah. good. It was like a CBS. Halle Berry was in it. Yeah, Halle Berry mm -hmm. was queen. Kuta Kinte's son was Chicken George, and Chicken George was her dad. So Alex Haley wrote the book, and it was supposed to be his grandmother or like great grandmother or something, right? Queen was going to be his great great. I think three greats grandmother. Yeah. I think. Um. So I've always since reading that because I loved it and watching the movie, I've always wondered since they kind of came out and said that some of you know roots and his story after that was slightly fabricated. Um, I never did the actual research. I guess it's probably easier for me to do now with Google, but if that actually was part of it as well, like if that was more fabricated, that story. So just, just thinking out loud. So, cause we're doing good. I'm so proud of myself. I keep looking at the time. I'm like, look, keeping it under two. Um, so to kind of move on to the end of it as that awesome song plays that we were talking about at the beginning, um, Riley of course has a story. Cause like I said, he knows, he knows everything, even though he's only eight, he's very much like my younger child. Um, and so he wants to go ahead and tell about how Catcher wasn't a slave. And uh, I loved how he made him sound like 50 Cent. But like, <laughs> give it a nice mic or something. Um, yeah, that that to me was perfect way to, to kind of end it there. Um, because it was nothing that Riley could really learn from it because he heard, you know, two bullshit stories beforehand. Um, and then it was very underwhelming when he actually kind of heard the, you know, the real story. And then, you know, he doesn't hardly ever believe what Huey says anyway. So, you know, his mind that whole time was fabricating his story. Um, but at the end of that, if you guys want to hear like the song that we were talking about, like as that goes out, the song that they were singing 
um, in the in Uncle Ruckus's dream. It was one of the songs that they were singing as a you know old uh, Negro spiritual, and uh, it's 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 awesome. If somebody would remix remix that, put it on SoundCloud, do something, I would be very very grateful. Um, so yeah, so that's as the episode comes to an end. Um, yeah, what do you guys what did you guys think about it as a whole? Anything to kind of add before we get to our our awesome white people question of the week? First, let's talk about Riley <laughs> because I thought his role in all of this to me was so amazing. He's a kid, I get it, but was so amazingly hypocritical because Riley is always exaggerating stories. So when he's like calling Granddad out for his bullshit all throughout it and then like hyping up Ruckus, to me, it's just hilarious that like, why do you have such an issue with Granddad, you know, telling this kind of, you know, heroic exaggerated story mm -hmm. but nigga that's what you do every episode everyone so, yeah, i think he takes from it the way that he wants to so deep down mm -hmm. he takes away the good stuff but he just likes you know egging people on he likes trolling he was trolling way before trolling was an actual thing so that's he, he's like the best who trolls really well um 50 cent yep uh um, <laughs> so like my, he was then before friend. yeah so anybody that just trolls so well all day, every day. Donald Trump, you know, he was the worst kind mm -hmm. of one. But um, that's what Riley does. Like, so he's so intelligent that it's kind of like the that first scene that I was saying, like, you know, how the slaves were like, dude, we're making you you're working twice as hard just by kind of being like an asshole. So he kind of does that. Like, you're working twice as hard to prove yourself to me. And all I'm doing is once again, like kind of trolling you. So that kind of shows once again how smart he actually is. But then again, he's not a hypocrite. girl. You can't tell him he's a hypocrite because it's Riley. Right, he's a dope right. shit ever. So you know, he's he's like an old person that goes, "You don't do what I do, okay? You just, you, I can do that because I'm I've been here a thousand years." Um, yeah. So that is that's a good way to kind of wrap it up. This is another episode where Riley just kind of shined, but he played this this very small kind of role in a way where he, like you said, he helped with every storyline that they had. But he was just the anti he was the antagonist. So he did it very well. One thing I wanted you guys to possibly discuss her see if you guys saw it as well as uh normally in uh black households or uh, black when black people are talking they'll say uh behind every man there's a strong woman or maybe everyone not just people, but my background anyway behind every man is a strong woman so the whole the first two stories the strong uh, the hero or you know the person of the story was supposed to be catcher freeman as the one that had been the hero but the true story was that it was actually the woman so to me, that was more Aaron or not more, but that was Aaron McGruder kind of paying homage to that story about mm -hmm. behind every man is that strong woman that's actually supporting them and leading them type deal. And especially back then. No, but especially back then. So he's definitely paying homage to, I think, black women um, and then strong women overall. Look at that. See, that's why I married him, guys. Look at how cute. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, that was um, I, I kind of noticed that as I was thinking about it right before we got on. Um, but what do you guys think about that? Like, did you kind of catch that same message or do you feel like that is, I think kind of a theme that's been coming up more often throughout this last season and a half, um, that we've been, you know, doing this. So when, you know, what say you? I think it loops back right into the point you were making when you started to talk about queen, like, you know, even when that's the case, when it's the woman who's kind of saving the day, making the strategy, making the plans. Yeah. I'm sure it happened all the fucking time, but how does legend remember it? You know, One, she's a supporting there character. There you, you know? go. We need the um, uh, uh, horn or like some because that is what I mean, we've known for the history of mankind. Things become 
written by a man. So, of course, some women get written out. I mean, mm -hmm. we could talk about the book. That's the oldest book, supposedly, um, allegedly. Um, and it makes women look very much the way that it, we don't have as many misogynistic men and things like that nowadays, or at least not in my face because I don't, you know, live under a rock. But because it's in the Bible, because of those stories where they did take out the women and how important they were, that has helped to develop the ideal of women and women's role from then to now, you know, so even back then. Um, so not a surprise that, of course, they don't want to tell the truth about the history of slavery and the history of this creation of the world. So, of course, I'm not going to tell the truth about the women that probably were the heroes um, and, you know, did a lot. We do know that many, 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 many of the non-melanated that were, you know, that were taken care of by um, women, black women, nursed by them, raised by them. You know, um, they knew about their first crushes or did everything else. We know that happened, you know, so ever since even then and probably before then, this generate generations and generations of people were raised by strong black women or they had some influence, you know, whether she was your mamie or whatever else back then, you know, she fed you, you know, that's believe in the South now. That's why there's so many people other than the people that live there, why they have a history with like Southern food, because it goes back like that far, you know, in their lineage. So it's a, uh, yeah, shout out. That was a good point, daddy. Good, good, good point. Um, so yeah, so because I am really, really strict, I'm going for keeping it under two hours or write it to. Um, so the awesome, awesome, and always fun white people question for the week. Welcome to Stupid White People Questions. You mean I'm going to stay this color? <laughs> Hello, everyone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh man. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, this was a really fun episode. Uh, and, and good. I mean, the, the thing I liked about that I liked about this episode is uh, kind of like the last, the last one, the S word where there was, there, there was no definitive answer. Really? <laughs> it was like, mm -hmm. there, there's three stories going and, you know, uh, and, uh, as we all know, you know, history gets you know, written by different people and to make certain people look a certain way. So yeah, that, uh, that's what I, you know, Magruder is brilliant with doing that kind of stuff. So, uh, big props to him. But as far as the white people question, uh, I came across this on TikTok, like I do. Um, and this was one that I actually came across organically. Uh, so uh, this this uh, gal uh, Haven the Haitian, um, and I, I and when I saw when I saw her video that she did, I I had to reach out and ask her if it was okay to use her story, uh, and she said that it was okay as long as we gave a shout out to uh, Mutual Aid Disaster Relief, which is a grassroots network whose mission is to provide disaster relief based on the principles of solidarity, mutual aid, and autonomous direct action by working with, listening to, and supporting impacted communities, especially their most vulnerable members. To lead their own recovery, we build long-term, sustainable, and resilient communities. Uh, and you can find them Shout at... Out. Yeah. Her. Uh, you can find them at mutualaiddisasterrelief.org. So yeah, um, doing, they're doing some good work. So what I've got is I basically have recorded her video just so you could hear her story. And I want, I want to see how that, uh, if how that, and if it relates, uh, to y'all. All right. Awesome. 
So when I was in the Navy, I was a mechanic, specifically an airframer. And when you're a mechanic, you have to go to maintenance meetings. And maintenance meetings are usually ran by chiefs. Now, the position of a maintenance chief is like a revolving door. They come and go maybe once every two years. And one day, we got a new chief who was running the maintenance meeting for the first time. So naturally, we had to all introduce ourselves. Give him name, rank, and like some cute little factoid about yourself. Since I was the lowest ranking member in the room, I had to go last. So when it was finally my turn, I said, hi, I am AM3 Redacted. Nice to meet you. And this white ass chief was like, AM3 Redacted. That sounds pretty exotic. Where'd you get a name like that? And because I've always loved to make white people uncomfortable, I turned to him and said, I don't know, probably from the slave master who raped my ancestor. I don't think he ever asked me a question like that again. I like her. I followed her right away. <laughs> like her. Yeah. Yes. I feel like you and like you and her would like probably be the best friends. I have the greatest stories to tell, Lindsay. Um, <sighs> no, that. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Shout out to her. Shout out to the organization that, you know, she asked us to uh, mention. Um, beautiful soul. I just turned my TikTok down on low and just was looking at her and just her energy. Um, is awesome. So follow her, you guys. Heaven the Haitian. Um, yeah, go ahead, sister. I like it. I like it. So, um, yes, I've experienced things like that before. Um, I could probably speak to Lindsay and say that she has as well. But I think it's because anytime that you're in a corporate or higher education situation, you're going to get that. Okay, let, let me even just let me boil that down more. If you are in a situation where you are a woman of color in a room where there is a majority of white men, you probably are going to deal with a situation like that. Um, mm -hmm. And it's how you deal with it. And that is one of the ways that you deal with it, because making them comfortable and leaving them speechless is the greatest thing that you could possibly do. I would have probably floated out of that room on air or maybe even moonwalked. Just maybe moonwalked on their asses, like just to prove a point. So, yeah. Yeah, I definitely, definitely have um, too many stories to share, to share, probably. But I know, like I said, I, I feel comfortable in speaking for my sister, Lindsay, because once again, you're in an environment where you are the minority and the majority are, you know, the Brads and the, and the Toms and the Steves. That's what happens. Uh, for sure. In my experience, honestly, like after, you know playing it like Tobias and not even because I was never kissing anyone's ass. But, you know, you just get on what they say, get on to get along or whatever. Just mm -hmm. being quiet, minding your business, being a bland person. Like when people start hearing this podcast who I worked with, they're going to be like, what the fuck? Did I do that? Right. You're going to start getting the best like gift baskets and invites to places and shit, you know, out of out of that guilt. Oh, no, they'll try it. There's some out there already trying to like shuck and jive and say like, oh, no, no, but you see, and this is the opposite reaction you get when you do do shit like this. She's bitter. She's crazy. She's so cynical. You see how she's on this podcast? That never happened. Yeah, exactly. They try and still, you know, switch and play victim. But I reached such a point towards the end of my career working for other people that I would just say shit, not even in a way to like, you know, catch them off guard or surprise them, which I don't think um, she's doing in the TikTok story either. You just, it just is what it is. Like, stop bothering me, nigga. Why are you trying to bother me with this insecure right. shit? You stole right. my work. You know, I did that. Yeah. You set up there and took credit. And then you just sit there and look at them like, oh, well, well no, it's a team. No, dude. I mean, it is what it is. You did what it is. Let's move on. Like, you kind of just get a whatever, nigga, <laughs> attitude. Yeah. 
yeah. towards it. And yeah, it does happen a lot and it does happen all the time. And the more you stop giving a fuck, the more you're just going to call it like you see it. Yeah. And that's what happens. I wish there was like, a, you know, an easy button where you pressed it. It would say like Riley's voice, like Get the fuck out of here, nigga, or like whatever, Nick, that would be the greatest. <laughs> and like you don't get in trouble, you know, for being in a corporate environment. I, I don't advise anybody to do that. Let's just, you know. I don't want anybody to have their phone ready and using that in the meeting. <laughs> but um, if you do, make sure you record it and then go ahead and tag me on it because I would love to see it. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's just something happens. And I think that it probably, when it happens to Black men in a corporate environment or a work environment or wherever it is where you know that aggression may happen, it's definitely, um, it's on a level where they try, they their goal is to try to insult your intelligence mm-hmm. um, where they definitely do, you know, with, with women, but they try to placate us as well. You know, they try to like dip in sugar before. I think when it's a, a you know, a man to man situation, they kind of try to like swing their balls and do some shit because they know if black man pops off, I can have you in HR expeditiously, you know, um, where they'll play games with women a little bit more with women of color a little bit more. Um, and I don't know why they would do that because we are very good very good at passive aggressiveness and very meticulous when we are done with a situation, especially in a work or any type of environment. Like don't play. We will come to work and not do shit. Yeah. They think they're smarter. They think like you're not, there's no, they really think that there's no way Mm -hmm. she -hmm. can outsmart me or best me or (laughs) y'all niggas going to learn. I mean, I know a lot of you already have. Demond, have you experienced any shit like this? Yeah. I was going to say that. Yeah. Uh, I have a thing with my, not, not exact. I'm a massage therapist, so it's a little bit different dynamic, but my name gets mispronounced a lot. And oh, wow. um, six, and, and you're looking at six letters, not that difficult, right? <laughs> <laughs> and um, so what usually happens with me is though, it'll be uh, Desmond, like it's Demond. And I'm, and I've, I've gotten to a point because uh, if you ever get a chance to ask my wife about this, I was I was way worse before because it would be there would be aggressive energy. You there there was energy behind me saying it's demand because you are going to say my name right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you will say it. Um, felt like Muhammad Ali for a second. Say my name. <laughs> um, and and so that's what will happen is like uh, Desmond. It's demand. Uh, Damon. It's demand. Uh, Demon. It's demand. Oh, oh I'm sorry. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's because they can't read. They can't right. read. They know. No, but so I, what's changed for you is that, that it's just you have, you've learned as you get older, as we all do, hopefully, that there's another way to kind of combat that without having that energy. Because you know that energy is so bad for us, you know, to carry around every day. It's detrimental, right. more, more detrimental to us than it is to, you know, to, to somebody on the outside. But so have you said that you like, do you think it's because of fatherhood? Do you think it's that just being older or do you still have that energy, but you just emote it maybe a, a little different way? Depends on the day. Um, because <laughs> yeah. I, I, and that's the truth of it, because I because of it, I go out of my way to make sure I say people's names right. However they want, whatever their name is, however they want to be called by. I will call them by that until they tell me different. Mm-hmm. And so I just want that same respect. And so I just ask for it and I'm not, and now it's just um, like it's raining outside or the grass is green. It, it's just a, it's just a statement of fact. That is my name. That's mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And most people, and, and I've been 
lucky and in my experience that in the energy that I that I put out when it comes to things like that, it's coming back the same way. Meaning, I'm you know, I don't think you mean it meant any harm, and I'm gonna pretend like you didn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. Let's 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 start from the same place and move forward. It's all good. There's no sense in there's there's no sense in any extra Anna. Which catches them off guard because they expect you to act like, you know, like you're demon or whatever from like the wire. You know what I'm saying? Like that's how they probably expect you to react when they do that. Now, part of it, I think, is definitely passive aggressiveness on their part, like trying to be like, oh, I, I, I don't even I don't have enough respect for you to even know how to say your name correctly or how to read or I'm going to put extra letters in there. Other side of me is just I think people can't read and they're just not that smart, you know, and they're very self-absorbed because they don't take the time to want to look somebody in the eye, shake their hand and hear what you're actually saying when you, you know, you introduce yourself. So especially when you're a person of color. Oh, yeah. One thousand percent. I think that's the big thing is we uh, just in general, uh, uh, people of color have it worse. But I think in mm-hmm. general, we're going so fast and 100 miles an hour. We're trying to get we're trying to get somewhere, somewhere. Mm-hmm. And, and just instead of taking it, taking that extra second to acknowledge the human being that you're talking to because they've got their own stuff they've got their own crap that they've been going through today and you're and an interaction with you may very well send them into a better space if you decide to take that time so and it makes you feel better i made friends with the lady at hertz yesterday or no well the collision place i have to drop off my car we talked for a good 30 minutes and i could tell when she walked in she was like monday oh i'm at this place (laughs) But literally, by the end of our conversation, we just talked back and forth. We exchanged numbers and everything. Like, she just had a different energy about her. She answered the phone differently. And I didn't, like, walk out of there going, feel good. I mean, but, you know, but if you do think about it, you do, it makes you feel better. And it's like, hey, guys, you know why? Because we're humans. And we're meant to be kind to each other and interact and make somebody else's day better. Like, it makes you feel good. You know, if you put more energy into just being and being positive, you feel so much better than when you are negative. If you ever notice you have a really negative kind of day, you wake up in bad mood. The day just keeps getting worse like that. And by the end of the day, you're exhausted. Mm. You know, it's it, it's it's that kind of, you know, it's that, that same kind of idea. So, you know, once again, we could have a, you know, a resurgence of the 60s where it was all love and, you know, let's love each other. I think we need it. Um, You know, maybe some people are kind of getting back into the drugs and the other activities that were going on back in the 60s. So we may almost be there. But dumb it down like that, you know, and to make it simple, just do what you were taught in fifth grade. The very first book you read, it, the whole story, like the whole pur- purpose of it was be kind, love your neighbors, you know, don't say anything if you don't have anything nice to say. It's simple. It's super simple. But um, yeah, I mean, if, if I had to say anything to kind of take away from the whole experience, just shut your mouth. Just shut it on up or you're going to get told like heaven the Haitian. So eloquently did in that so once again so, shout out for that hell yeah and balls to do it in the military like quick i mean facts <laughs> badass right there especially Man. being oh, a junior military person i mean the the most junior person mm-hmm. oh excuse yeah. me sir while i whip this out and plant this <laughs> <in the table. laughs> right like, let me tell you something i may have to run extra miles and things for later and push-ups whatever else i may but let me go ahead and get you straight right now. Um, she should have said, you can't handle the truth. Um, <laughs> so, so, yeah. So uh, another super, super, super great episode. Um, I am just four minutes over and I feel 
very, very proud. I'm patting myself on the back. Hell yeah. If you guys follow my other podcast, I'll be at like three hours. Um, (laughs) So, yeah. So, oh my, we have fireworks going on. I don't know if you guys can hear them, but they are lighting them off. Like it is the fourth and I'm sitting on the marina somewhere at like the big city fireworks. But but, they're celebrating um, you. (laughs) you I like to think that too. I like it. I like it. Um, So, yeah. So thank you guys so much. I mean, another great episode. Thank you to, like I said, our extended family. Um, Demond and Demond, why don't you go ahead once again and kind of let everybody know in case they were not listening at the beginning where they can find your awesome um, podcast and you know all your info. Of course they were, but I'll go ahead and repeat it anyway yeah, since you asked so <laughs> sweetly. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I am at Demond Does on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, if you want to shoot me an email, it's demonddoes at gmail.com. And you can find Demond Does the Six Questions anywhere you can download a podcast. And can I just go, I'm not, you know, share it a whole lot, even though I realized today that I did kind of share it when I was on Dean's show yesterday. But I know how great our voices sound together and our energy. Um, so all of you will very shortly be able to kind of start, start hearing us together. Um, so keep an ear out and eye out for that. Um, Unless Damon is, you know, keeping it as he's a, just a guest on here and he's, he's you know, trying to break up our, our family. Um, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm totally messing with you. Uh, so, uh, yeah, check, you know, check out that. Check out his all his podcasts. Like I said, really good, really good conversation. And I totally like enjoyed the way myself as how he has all the questions set up. It's like he knows you um, before he's getting really to know you. So it's really awesome. Miss um, Lindsay, what you got going on? Anything? As we get ready to get up out of here. Uh, child, all I do is work. But do. We got some big shit dropping probably next month. And I will. Y'all, y'all see it. I'll be showing out. I'm about to show out on my LinkedIn. You motherfucker spot. Oh, yeah. I got it. I got it. I just got back on LinkedIn. It's actually pretty bright. It's like Facebook way back in the day. Like you make a lot oh, of connections. Yeah. But they're, it's much better. Um, so I'll have to get Angie on there. But, you know, like she said, you know, she knows you see it. And that just reminds me of. Um, was it Young Jock who sang that song? I know you see it. That's pretty fire. <laughs> I like that. So, um, and for me, you guys always know I, I talk so much. So you guys know where you guys can find me. Hook up with me. Podcast coming back this week. Um, merch coming out and everything. And what about my awesome or our awesome? Um, no, I would say producer, but I just dropped like what is the word? Um, yes, I got distracted by the fireworks. So yes. <laughs> Anything it wasn't my, you? it wasn't my striking image. <laughs> yeah, well, well uh, uh, as, as you're aware, but everyone else will soon be aware, uh, you were on, uh, pods here. Uh, I do have the recording this time. <laughs> this time? All right. <laughs> and, uh, I, I, I don't know if it will be dropped. It'll be, it'll be out there by Thursday. If, if at not some point tomorrow. Uh, so I, that was a, it was a pretty quick edit since it's just you and me and uh, since don was under the weather uh, and by the way don ended up having to go to the hospital today uh he had, oh, he, no. had he had some sort of event where he kind of passed out for a minute holy shit but oh, yeah well, uh, but he's right and energy and healing all to him that's but, you know, yeah, he's, but he's back at home so he's he says he's feeling fine he just they they said he said they couldn't figure out why my system rebooted so oh. <laughs> Let's see. Like it just rebooted. Yeah. Um, that's uh, yeah. Well, 
healing to him. Yeah. Take it easy. Rest. You know, do the old school thing. Drink, drink water. Eat well. Yeah. And he's and he is, he is definitely trying to do that. Uh, but yeah, I, I, not, he, he wasn't. They couldn't really come up with a reason. But, you know, uh, he does. I mean, he does sound like he's feeling better right now. So. Uh, and then, uh, those of, of you who, uh, are, 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 uh, crossover fans from, uh, how are you now? Our letter Kenny show, uh, we're doing a live stream on July 1st to talk about Letterkenny seasons 10 and 11, which they just got through, uh, filming both seasons back to back. And I will also be talking about the spinoff, the new spinoff ser- series, for that uh, called Shorzy. Uh, so we're going to, on uh, the first candidate, which happens to be Canada Day, and also happens to be Jared Kiso, the creator of Letterkenny's birthday. So uh, we'll we'll be doing a live stream and having some folks on there and talking about uh, what we expect to see for the upcoming season and just kind of chat with the folks. So if you're a fan, get your life together, put it on your calendar right now. That's right. Um, so that you don't miss that. Um, and I did fail to say in kind of my updates, Lindsay and I also are going to be expanding and we're going to be on another show together with another friend of mine. Um, but especially with your like latest deal, girl, we're about to, we're just going to be like a end of the summer thing. We're going to get it all together, but we're going to get, you know, let me send you a care package first. And then I want to report from your doctor that you're all good. And then <laughs> we'll go ahead and we'll move on to that. But so you guys keep your ear to the streets for that one as well. Um, but yeah, thank you guys so much. It's always good. I hope this, Weekly visit was just as pleasurable for you as it was for us. Don't take this the wrong way, but I need you to get the hell up out of here. Hey. Thanks for joining us again as we make our way through the trials and tribulations of the Freeman family. We hope to see you back again next time for The Story of Gangstalicious, Part 2. Want to know where to find us on the social medias or where to subscribe to the podcast? Just head right over to www.theboondockspod.com slash links. Have a stupid white people question you want to leave us? Email us at host at theboondockspod.com or leave us a voicemail at 760-933-8636. That's 760-WE-3-UNDO. Shout out to the artists who created our intro and outro tunes. Our intro is hashtag make a change by K-I-R-K. You can find them on Spotify, iTunes, and Tidal. Our outro is Good Times by Audiobinger. You can find them on freemusicarchive.org and YouTube.